Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Hello and welcome to the 265th episode of the Stone Cold Sower podcast. Recording this one a little bit early because Sandy's upcoming move, but also because... Yeah, it, means, it also means, well, before we get into the meat of this thing, the yeah. reason being that, you know, because of the move, I won't be having internet in my, phone, uh, in my new place because for some reason, installation times on Saturday and Sunday on a Super Bowl weekend were like all filled up. Yeah, it's because people are trying to make sure they get their internet up and running for the, for the Super Bowl. I mean, Bowl. like, now, now yeah, you... but I booked it. I booked my service on January 3rd. <laughs> I wonder how far it, back they're, they're, like, pushed right now. Like, oh, especially I mean? on a weekend. I had the same, not the same. I actually tried to book a dentist appointment, like, two, two, three months in advance a while ago. And they had weekend availability. And I was like, hell yeah, let's do a weekend. And uh, they were like, yeah, we don't have anything available for, like, four months yeah. But as soon as yeah. I was like, oh, I think I can make it on a Friday, they're like, all right, we could take you into that, which was like two days from then. They're like, yeah. all right, yeah, cool. Come in at like 830. I mean, it's the same stuff with like doctors where in the city, all the nicest, like best rated doctors don't have availability for months. So it's like, well, I guess I'm just going to go ahead and die, <laughs> you know, that's why you go to before the ER. I want to see like my, I'm not going to the ER. All right. Well, that's why you're that's, that now you're dying. Now you're dead. Yeah. I'm dying as a point of protest. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So the other the other reason, though, and this is very much not the laughing matter. Um, it's actually pretty sad. Was the the news of Kobe Bryant's passing this past weekend? Um, I don't know if you had any thoughts that you wanted to start us off with because um, when I when I got the news, it was pretty like I just didn't believe it. I didn't, I didn't Do think you it was remember true. what you were doing? I literally, I had just come down to the basement. I was gonna play um, a video game with Majub. I was gonna stream mm-hmm. a video game so that Majub can watch. And my, our oldest brother texted us, and I think that the TMZ post was maybe nine minutes old at the time. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, nobody, no other news source had had um, had confirmed this. And I know that TMZ is usually on point when it comes to um, the passing of celebrities which I guess we call Kobe Bryant, right? A celebrity. Um, I I just hope that, that that it was wrong. And, you know, you keep, you keep refreshing. You keep, literally, all you do is like, I, all I was doing was Googling Kobe Bryant, but this is in the wake, like literally 12 hours prior, not 12 hours, like 16 hours prior, whatever you want to say it was, uh, LeBron James had just passed Kobe Bryant's uh, scoring total. And right. so there were a lot of articles that were circulating about that. Like I had, so you like Google Kobe Bryant and the TMZ article comes up, say like nine minutes ago, right? And then there was like another article from whatever random website that was published, say like 15 minutes ago, that was about the LeBron James thing. And so eventually, like, and like I go to Reddit and I search and like you just search NBA new because it was so new and there are stories about it. Or you see like two people had posted the TMZ link. And so everyone's kind of speculating and I'm sure it was the same on Twitter. But again, it's just like, wait, what? No, this isn't, he's, you know, you hear about celebrities passing and 
oftentimes like you know i don't want to say like oftentimes they're older but or 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 like they they die young i mean when they when they die young typically typically it's related to like drugs right this you see it's like oh it's a helicopter crash but you're like there's got to be something off in this like who how do they verify this like what's going on and i'm talking to maju about at the same time like you know mo mo texts us he literally says what the fuck (laughs) and um and like we're we're Google, like I'm I'm on Skype with Maju. We were just about to boot the game up, and we're both trying to like look up to see is this story real. And as time progresses, as time passes, it seems like they're, they're all of a sudden the other the other uh, other news organizations start to start to uh, to report on it too. They start to publish articles saying, you know, Kobe Bryant's passed away. About half an hour after that, all of a sudden it's like, oh, there were four of the people on board the helicopter. And one of those people, it's probably more than half an hour, one of those people was his, was his daughter. And it's just like, that's just crushing, man. The whole thing, the whole thing to begin with was just sad. Like, again, it's like this is literally in the wake of, of uh, LeBron James passing Kobe Bryant's scoring, scoring total for, for, for their careers. And it's like, oh, that's such a happy story uh, for, you know, it's a happy story for LeBron James, of course, his achievement, but how happy Kobe was for for LeBron. His last tweets, or at least his last Instagram post, was regarding that that uh, that achievement. And all of a sudden, it's like, wait, Kobe Bryant's dead? He's forty one years old. And that's when I, when I see his age like listed, like Kobe Bryant dead at forty one, like very blunt title. It hit me how young he was and how close he was in age to me. As a kid, when you're like, you know, I remember watching him in the NBA Finals when I was like twelve. I didn't really think about I don't think I conceptualized his age like that. But when I saw these people on TV, as far as I was concerned, he was as far in age from me as my parents, which is, you know, not true. Um, You know, my parents are, what, almost 30 years older than Kobe Bryant. But like the way I saw it as a kid, that's how I thought about like their ages. I didn't really think about the wide, uh, the huge span of age there was. And when I realized he was only 10 years older than me, it's like he's so young. And then again, his daughter, I'm thinking about Gordon. I start to think about like my mortality, the mortality of the people around me, Lena, Gordon, like, and also the fact that as much as I want to be around them, like when I, when I leave them, when they go somewhere without me, like when they were in Florida without me last week, I start to have these like, these, these like worrying thoughts in my head. Like, Oh, what if something were to happen on the plane? What happens if something happens to them when they're gone? I need to be there to protect them. And then you hear about the story. It's like, it doesn't really matter if I were there. There's nothing I could have done. There was, there would be nothing that I could do. And, and I know that's what happened with, with Kobe, right? There was nothing he could do to, to protect his daughter in that moment. And that's just crushing to me. So like, I think that is part of the reason why I've been so just kind of beat up about this kind of relating it back to me i know that i know that kobe bryant wasn't my friend like i didn't know him we, we talked about you and i talked about it earlier today when ryan's ryan Rosillo's um conversation about it on his podcast and was saying we we were we knew that this was a one-way relationship you know we all loved kobe bryant or at least many of us loved kobe bryant and we knew that this is a one-way relationship you know he didn't know me he didn't know us but for one reason or the other we all you know, many of us kind of gravitated towards him his his skills, his his uh, love of the game of basketball, his dedication to the work that he put into this craft, and I like that isn't like I'm not a I'm not a I don't even play like when the last time I played basketball I can't even say, but 
it's not even that that draws me to the the or it's partly that that draws me to the story regardless but just thinking about his his kid his family that he's left behind that's just been tough to deal with i think i mean i have a lot of thoughts on this but to to focus it on one perspective for now I mean, you having a young family has got to put a lot of this in perspective, too, knowing the family that he left behind. Yeah. Because it wasn't just him and and Gigi, right? It's Vanessa and the three other daughters that they have, one of whom will never really know. She was seven. She's seven months old, man. She's only a month older than Gordon. Yeah. And... You know, it's, it's not only them, it's like the Altobelli family losing, I mean, the, the remaining children yeah. lost. Both parents. Daughter, uh, well, both parents and a sister. Yeah. And there's, there's a heaviness to it because of the suddenness of it. And it also feels like because of how young the game feels that a lot of the legends are still with us yeah yeah and 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 so it's it's weird to to feel like you know we're i don't think any of us were ready to to lose the legends that we've either heard about or watched or grew up with or formed some sort of relationship with you know you're absolutely right that we didn't have a personal relationship with Kobe Bryant. We weren't certainly weren't fortunate fortunate enough to join the the pantheon of people who've been able to share their their uh, their stories, you know, as as a as an act of remembrance. But that doesn't mean that we didn't have one with them. It's similar to your favorite music artists, right. your favorite actors, your your directors, or even your social media influencers, people you watch on YouTube, anyone that you really dedicate your time to ingesting whatever they're creating, you end up creating some sort of relationship with them. And I get it. Not everyone has the same feelings towards the game of basketball. Not a lot of people care about who he is in the grand scheme of things and so when someone passes he could be like all of the other we'll call them like the celebrity deaths that had no effect on us i mean david stern died a few weeks prior and had like an outsized effect on not only the nba as commissioner but also the personal relationships that he created with everyone that people like held on to very dearly but I don't know if you felt anything when David Stern died. Yeah, not not a, I mean, yeah, not a significant amount. I guess I would reason with myself partially because he was just older. Mm-hmm. But no, like it, it, regardless, you'd still you still imagine that there could right. be something. I think, uh, yeah, yeah. There's there's that aspect. There's also the other aspect of you know reconciling the suddenness of it and right and and knowing that most of the time. We have grown accustomed to the personal hand that 
the person in question who has died yeah. have played in their death. Yeah. Whether it is substance abuse, whether it is a suicide, whether it is a lifestyle choice that put them in a position where death was a higher probability than most. And so you can reason with that. You can understand, like, you know, when Heath Ledger died, you could understand that, man, he put himself in such a dark place to give us the the dark night that he never really got out of it. And we understand when we got the call, you know, he died near Washington Square Park, that, like, oh, it, you know, he was still struggling with it. We knew when Robin Williams died that, oh, it was so sudden, so tragic, and the world all over felt like it was a less happy place. But once the news came out that, oh, he was clinically depressed, he was battling all these things, it's like, oh, well, you can reason with that. And same thing with Anthony Bourdain, like the the suddenness of it where he just committed suicide. And then you, you think to yourself, man, somebody with the gift of a life like that then you couple that or you put on the other side of the the weight or the scale. It's like, yeah, but he had demons. And so you're able to reconcile a lot of that stuff so that it's easier for you to handle. I'm not saying that, you know, for those that were affected by their passing, that it's like, oh, it's it's less significant. Yeah, no, I hear but you're, you. But you're, you know, but you're able to connect the dots a little bit more. And with this, it was just, I mean, I know exactly where i was when my phone started blowing up because you guys were hitting the slack thread yeah you know is it, it was carolyn and mine's two-year anniversary so we were celebrating our anniversary and then all of a sudden the phone starts going off and there's like 10 slack messages i'm like for a second i was like wait what happened with one of you guys yeah <clears throat> and then when i read it i was like well i had to like read it for a second but i didn't like click on the link or anything i was like this is it's hard to balance the headspace of being positive because of a an anniversary, but the negativity of like feeling like you got stopped dead in your tracks. And you know, I bring up Anthony Bourdain and I bring up Robin Williams, but those were the deaths that have affected me the most. I think I've spent a lot of time creating a relationship with them by taking in their work and letting it affect me in one way or the other. And you know, it's similar to like when 9-11 happened that you knew where you were when it when you got the news. Right. Like I still remember when the the principal came into my English class and we were taking a vocab test and like put on the TV. You know, people of older generations say it's like when JFK died or when MLK yeah. died or when Magic gave the HIV announcement. Right. You sort of knew where you were and knowing that Kobe Bryant's career span the length of the internet that he was one of those singular figures that we were able to connect with in a manner that you really don't think it was possible pre-internet we weren't able to share the stats as fast we weren't able to share the clips as fast all of the 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 achievements the missteps you know you could glorify or vilify them and no one's saying that he was perfect. I think, you know, to say that he had a complicated history is only scratching the surface of it. It's, I mean, what are your views on reconciling him as like a positive role model with the Colorado incident 
the anti well, the homophobic references. Right. Uh, the Trayvon Martin remarks. I wasn't even. How do you feel about all that? I was unaware of the Trayvon Martin remarks, to be honest. I so I, I was just listening to the Low Post uh, podcast hosted by Zach Low from ESPN, and he had um, uh, Ramona Shelburne and Rachel Nichols on, and Rachel Nichols talked about this a bit. She was saying that the, and she like these people know this way better than I do. But one of the things that, that she mentioned was the thing about Kobe was that he he would be the first to admit to you that he made these mistakes like like not just mistake like these were major regrets of his life mm-hmm. and what she said was that what you could get from Kobe was that after each of these like major incidents these major regrets that he had he took the time to try to educate himself to learn to be a better person to understand why he felt the way that he did or why he did the things that he did and tried to ensure that he wouldn't do such things again and also try to empower those that he was kind of belittling in those instances. So with regards to like the Denver incident, he tried to speak out in favor and, and, and try to empower women. Um, and we even see this, you know, he's a man, he had four daughters. He was, he was the only, he was the only male in his household. And with his daughter, he was, he was, he was a big proponent, a huge voice um, trying to empower the women's national basketball association, the WNBA. So, and like, these aren't even things that I'm thinking about when I think about Kobe, Um, you know, certainly the thoughts about, okay, you know, you think about Kobe, you talk about his legacy, his career, and it's, I guess, almost impossible to not mention at the very least the, the, uh, the Denver incident. I think that was such a, a major thing that you can't really, you can't really just, you know, leave that out of the story. And I don't know enough of the details of the whole situation to to even really speak on it and to and to like all I know is that all I could say is that he's a man who stepped out on his wife and got caught doing multiple it. times. Yeah, and, and multiple times. And so, it, it, yeah, like you said, he's he wasn't he wasn't perfect. I mean, none of us really are. I. I, I I think that some of his mistakes are are a lot bigger than than others, um, but I also think that he was in a position, you know, that he, that he's in the limelight where those those uh, decisions are almost impossible to hide. Um, I, I I don't know. I I don't really know how to answer the question overall. I guess it's just kind of the the, the feeling of just it it's. I guess I've moved. I moved. I had moved past that. And I never did like intense like read like a uh, research or whatever to try to figure out the true story behind it. I mean, we talked about it earlier today, and you kind of said like you know we don't really know what the real story was. All we do know that is that he never went to prison for it. At the end of the day, well, he settled out of court in a civil suit right. where the lawyers wrote up a statement saying that he admitted to making mistakes but no wrongdoing. Right. And so it's a carefully worded it is. thing, and you don't know if it's because he actually did do it or if he because it was easier to put this to bed than this way. Right. It's No one is saying to give him a pass on all this, to pretend like it didn't happen. I think that's that's up to each of us individually to determine what we find important because we're not going to be able to find universal agreement on most things. Right. I mean, we you made the the comparison to Michael Vick 
and his tenure in Philadelphia. Well, post Atlanta, right. and then Philadelphia. Yeah. And here, here was a man who, who grew up in the hood, grew up around people who, you know, engaged in dog fighting all his life. Never was told it was wrong. Was a product of his environment. Made it to the NFL. And if no one ever told you what you were doing was wrong, why would you change your behavior? And then went to prison for 22 months and then reformed by joining all of these animal rights groups and championing all of these things. You know, they say if you do the crime, you got to do the time. Well, if you do the time, doesn't that mean that you should... Like, it doesn't mean that you should be exonerated in the court of public opinion. Uh, it's just simply not always going to happen. But you do have to ask, like, what level of consistency are we asking for across the board? Is it based on the crime? Is it based on the person? Because if this man gave up 22 months of his life to sit in prison for a crime that he pled guilty to, and then you come out and then you're all of a sudden you're you understand now that this behavior is not accepted and that you're trying to change actively change your behavior and increase the awareness of behavior like this to help in this case dogs that are caught in dog fighting rings is it fair for you to still call him a criminal yeah i mean it's it's up to you to decide if that's okay and then part of me is wondering, like, where, what level of empathy do we have? Where, what if you were put in a similar position where you committed a crime? You did the time. But now every time someone Googles your name, that's exactly what comes up. Right. And so do we, do we call you a criminal for what crime you committed for the, the low-hanging fruit of the joke? Or do we try and move on? And say not all of us are perfect. Some of us make mistakes. Some of us commit bigger mistakes that require penance. But once you, once you, rep, not repent. Repent's the wrong word, but once you do the time, in a sense, and you come out, at what point are we allowed? Are we allowed to move on? You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I think because he is, uh, well, we go back to Kobe now, because Kobe is such a beloved figure, it can be hard to reconcile in the immediate moments after you hear of his tragic passing that there is a part of the Twitter world who either doesn't know him or sees him from a very different perspective as a predator, as an abuser. And... To hear people call him that in the immediate aftermath is very shocking. And to because say that's not the like, perspective that we have. And to say things that like he deserves to die or he deserved to die, to have died years ago. Like, I don't know, man. Right. Well, that's that's a hot take. And I think he's being eviscerated right now. This is the Ari Shafir tweet. Yeah. Um, where it's, it's more of a shock jock uh, approach. And so maybe we're playing right into his hands. Maybe because the wounds are so fresh that... It's easy for us to walk into that with a blind rage. Um, but what I wanted to focus on was this feeling of like a like a shared moment of mourning, international mourning. Because his effect on the world and 
was on a global level, the news of his passing sort of rippled across time zones, right? Yeah. And you had people, certainly in LA, in a city that adored him. And then you had people in China, you had people in Europe, all over the world, sort of paying tribute immediately. You have all these athletes who are playing games. Yeah, that was the big one. Neymar right. Jr. literally scored a goal, I don't know how, how long after, half an hour, within half an hour of, of uh, that TMZ story. Yeah. And he, you know, he walks towards the camera and, and he puts up the numbers 24 on his hands. Yeah. And then kind of does a little prayer up to, you know, up to the sky. Right. And it, yeah. what was interesting about this this moment was like because it was such a shock to everybody and because he had been in the public phase for so long and not only were people knowing him for his, you know, certainly a Hall of Fame accomplished basketball career, but people were so excited to see what he was going to do next. He had already been to the mountaintop five times in the NBA, sort of the... I mean, you could argue what the mountaintop is, right? Is NBA championships? Yeah, no. He has five. Is he a finals MVP? He has two? Yeah, I believe two. One time is, NBA, the, NBA yeah. MVP. Right. And so individual accolades, team accolades, all team pros, all all decade teams. Yeah. First ballot, no problem. And the respect and of all of his peers, like before and after him. Right. Uh, and then you leave the world of basketball and, you know, he had reached the mountaintop of a completely different industry in two years. Right. Oscar winner, wanted to win a Grammy, wanted to win a Tony, created his own fantasy world, Yeah, created uh, the Mamba Academy to push like youth basketball, created well, was a certainly a very successful businessman, ha, part of a hedge fund that had over $2 billion under asset. Oh, wow. Um, and was just, people were so excited that the second phase of his career could arguably eclipse him as a basketball player. I think everyone was so excited to see what he was going to do. Yeah. And to see all that cut short it feels like the world is going to be a lesser place because of all of that. But, you know, to I'm sort of circling the circling the topic here, but just this, this idea of collective mourning. And I know that the death of Kobe Bryant certainly affected me much more than I thought it would. It was very surprising. You know, you never know how these things are going to affect you. We all grieve differently and we're all affected by things differently. It's It's interesting to figure out, like, does Kobe Bryant's death trigger memories of other people dying that you are close to? And for me, it did. Um, for me, a lot of memories sort of ha include Kobe Bryant on TV. Um, you know, either family memories of my dad and I watching him. Those are things you think about. Watching it with my grandfather who passed recently. That's what you think about. And, you know, we live in a society where we're starting to be more open with our feelings. But I think it's it's still nascent enough where, you know, you and I are not asked or tasked with sharing our feelings as often as we could. And we're asked to just take care of things more often than not. 
And so to be introspective in a moment like this felt okay because there was, it almost like it took a death of his, of his stature, of his significance to, to make it okay for everyone to cry about it. And I don't know what that says about where we are or what I'm like or how I deal with this stuff, but. You know, watching people like Tyson Chandler, DeMar DeRozan, LeBron James sob felt like I had the permission to do the same. Yeah. Doc Rivers, watching Doc, watching Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, like break up when they're talking about it. It just felt like he was, it was okay to cry about it in a, in a time when it's not okay to cry. Where... We're always trying to hide the the weaker aspects, the vulnerabilities that we feel. Everything is so curated, the image that we give. And this felt like a moment where like a sledgehammer was thrown up against the glass. And it's like, no, there's try and be curated in this moment. Try and collect yourself in this moment and share stuff. And some people were incredibly nuanced in their take early on. But we also know that a lot of people had to take a day, had to take two days. You had Dwayne Wade recording like 20 segments on his Instagram story to try and get everything out. LeBron James waited 24 hours. Shaq waited because he was dealing with the recent death of his sister and now this. And he just openly said he's not okay. And I think that's something that I've been struggling with, which is like, how do I process this? Because it, on one hand, it does feel silly to be this broken up about someone you've never met. But on the other hand, it's like, maybe it takes something this big for you to confront it and be honest with yourself about what it means and just let it out so that, you know, we don't die of high blood pressure because similar to what Bill Burr said, you just got to push this stuff down. And yeah, there are these generations, you know, our parents, our grandparents and, and older, that's what they were asked to do. Just like, Oh, you dealt with something traumatic. Just push it down. Don't talk about it. Move on. And maybe that's the best way to do it. Maybe we come up with a better way to confront it so that it's almost like a pressure release valve. To like just just slowly let it out. I don't know. But that's some of the stuff that I've been obsessing over as I read every Kobe article that <laughs> seems to be posted. Right. Yeah. Uh I I've thought a bit about why what what is it about Kobe that made that allowed him to have such a huge impact across the world? And I I wonder if it has to do with just like the time that he came up. Like imagine, imagine this happening to Michael Jordan, like in, in place of Kobe Bryant. How do you, do you think the world would feel the, like, the, do you think the the impact would be as large? I feel like it'd be well, certainly huge, right? It would be. I think it also depends on, are we saying if the exact same thing happened to him? I guess. I, I don't know. I don't want to like, I guess I don't want to speculate on the term, even in that regard. But I just, I, I think part of it has to do with just, the the global stretch of the NBA, which certainly was was um, 
a large part due to to uh, David Stern's work and efforts as commissioner. But also, also Kobe the, as ambassador. Yeah, yeah. Kobe's personality was just it, he. It was huge. He was the Lakers. I mean, it's one of the biggest NBA franchises. They win fr- He wins five championships with them, or they win five cha- championships with Kobe. But you also have the the internet era kind of evolving during this stretch. When I um when I moved to the Philadelphia area in two thousand one, that was you know just just preceding the uh, the uh, or just after the two that the oh one finals when they beat Philly. And I remember moving to the area and I was actually cheering for Philly when that happened. I was living in Indianapolis at the time. And I remember moving to this area and I was friends with a lot of kids who played basketball when I was in middle school and early high school. And like everybody's hero was either Allen Iverson or Kobe or both. Um, well, you know, my best friend, my best friend from high school, Mark, he, uh, he, his, um, his like old, um, email address references Kobe Bryant. Or he would like use number eight at the end of everything. So it just, um, I, I feel like the this the boom of, or like this the rise, the start of us using the internet like that, you know, talking, being able to talk about the 81 point game, being able to like look up the clips of it, hearing people like Dave Chappelle talk about it, making skits in the Chappelle show. And at the end of the skit, you know, going Kobe when you're throwing something away, it just kind of, it, it it's, I don't know. I, I I feel like it really, like he he and the NBA just grew so much together and blew up, and competitors across the world really really saw him as just kind of like the the upper echelon of what you should strive to what you should be striving to be in in your field. If you're that passionate about tennis or soccer or football or baseball. If you want to be the best of the best, you have to work like Kobe. There's really nobody else that you should try to model yourself after because he had that work ethic. If you thought if you thought you were putting in work by showing up an hour before practice, Kobe was probably there like three hours before you. So like I, I just I feel like I feel like uh it's it's impressive to see the impact that he's had across the sports. You know, you have the Australian, the Australian Open, Open going on right now, and you see people like Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, Novak Djokovic, Nick Kyrgios was wearing a, a, a Lakers jersey at um, like the what was it the day after or the same day that it happened? I think it's the same day. Yeah. Um, it's just you see you see the impact that he had across the sports world, and then of course across. The those who are non athletes, and like you mentioned, the things that he was doing after his uh, retirement from the NBA, <clears throat> and really his kind of opening up to actually seeming like a normal, fun person to be around. Because for so many years, he was kind of that black mama menta- uh, personality, where he didn't, you know, he just seemed so focused. You remember that that clip of uh, Chris Rock sitting on the on the sidelines of one of their one of the NBA games. And he's leaning yep. over trying to talk to Kobe Bryant. He's like joking or something. And Kobe is just like straight dead, just dripping sweat, looking straight ahead at the court. Like he doesn't even process Chris Rock whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just uh, he a- after after that, like, you know, a few years after that or a few a few years uh, before his retirement, he seemed to kind of open up and be like a real person. It's like, oh, you know, this guy, you know. He has a personality. He actually cares about things other than sports. And you saw that drive that he had to try to kind of 
push in other industries is very impressive. Well, I'll answer. The, I'll, I'll I'll respond to to this point first, which is he always had a hand in his own, in his own like myth making. Yeah, he did, didn't he? He he, he, right? he gave him the black the black mob uh, nickname. Black he made Mambo, it up. He made it for himself. He would call up reporters whether they did something that, that he liked or disliked, and like had a large hand in the narrative that he uh, that he wrote. Yeah, that's what but, Rachel but, Nichols was saying. Yeah, but to go back to what you were saying, it's sort of a confluence of a couple of things, I think, as to why his death is is so strongly felt you know i brought up earlier that uh came up during the rise of the internet but it was also the loosening up of the nba where after Allen iverson personal style was allowed to happen in the nba individual narratives are a thing that are strongly pushed there's only five guys on the court per team right you're not hidden behind helmets uh, like you are in in football or in baseball, yep. uh, the action is much more intense. It's in your face. It's intimate. You can sit courtside. People can like run into you. Uh, you can interact with them. They are certainly agents of cultural change more so than in most other sports. But he was also the one of the best at what he did. And beyond the God-given physical ability that he had, there was this singular focus. And, you know, he he embodied it in a way that, like you said, that nobody else could, could match. You know, he would blame his teammates because they weren't going hard enough in practice. But mm-hmm. if... If they were giving it their all and he didn't think it was their all, then he's just operating at a, at a different level and not many people have ever been able to do that. And so not only do you have that, but then you have the NBA opening up to the world as a U.S. American exportable product, as an entertainment product. And people obviously love what he was able to accomplish and all of the different narrative arcs that he's had, the 3P, the 2P, the Redeem team, you know, the 81-point game, the all of the buzzer beaters, the 60-point finale, you know, yeah. Dear Basketball, Detail, all of these things were, were things that he exported and shared with the world, a world that was very eager to take it all in. And... You know, it's it's very you know it's similar to just this idea of you know when Usher sang that song at Michael Jackson's funeral, just gone too soon. Yeah, and we haven't really even talked about Gigi, but you know, like you said, Kobe Bryant dying is is a tragedy, but then finding out that his daughter is there, and you could see that you know he was always Kobe Bryant would always say that he was so happy to be a girl's dad. Yeah, and didn't want boys as much as his wife did and that you could see that like all of the courtside games you could see the relationship you could see how happy that his teenage daughter was and the, and the closeness of it and you could tell that like you know bill burr said that you know anyone can make a three-year-old laugh yeah but if you but if you can <laughs> if you can laugh and and, sh- and have that 
visual and sort of uh, very. If, uh, if you could basically make a thirteen-year-old laugh like a three-year-old, like you know, yeah. like as a, and that is your kid, right? That's tough you, stuff, then man. You've done something right. Yeah, you've done something yeah, right. They're in, they're in that rebellious stage. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I feel. I feel. I feel so. I feel so bad for the family. Um, I well, it's an unimaginable tragedy. It really and, like, is. When they say no. there's no words, how do you like? If we can't even reconcile our feelings with someone that we don't have a personal relationship with, imagine the yeah. closest people in his life. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm happy we we got some time to talk about it. I think there's just yeah. so many feelings that are gonna that have come out that are gonna continue to come out. But uh, it felt good to get this down because even just from a purely selfish perspective of like being able to reconcile our feelings as 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 male members of the society where we don't have a lot of positive role models nowadays where social media is constantly cutting everyone down mm-hmm. that it's it takes someone of a certain design to make a mistake and come back or to just be good and then to have you not be able to rely on their existence anymore is uh, is a very destabilizing thing you know we we talked about it as like you have these memories memories make up who you are as a person you're sort of a sum total of your life experiences and for better or worse, a lot of the memories that you have involve Kobe Bryant because of what you're interested in. And to have the to have it now be just a memory of him, this uh, this quickly and ferociously, it just feels like a, a beam that sort of holds up the platform of everything that you consist of. One of them vaporized or one of them disintegrated. And that's not to say that there's only one beam. There's many beams mm-hmm. or there's many bricks in this foundation, but you certainly felt like you lost one. Yeah. Or that it changed its its nature or makeup so that, so that now it's something else as opposed to what it was. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm, I'm curious to see how the rest of the NBA season goes. Um, you know, I, I keep up pretty, uh, pretty heavily with uh with most of the happenings of the league um primarily with the sixers but i I still try to catch a few games with other teams here and there and i i like at this stage right now at least like i have the sixers game on mute in the background and like they 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 like flashed the uh the tweet that that kobe tweeted when lebron james passed him because that happened during a sixers game and like the the game's on mute, I can't hear anything that's happening. But like you you keep seeing little references to Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. The Lakers and the Clippers didn't play yesterday. They canceled the game or at least postponed the game. Yeah, and they had grief counselors on site. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all these kids looked up to him like a, as a mentor, and he took him under his wing, and he created very personal and private relationships with a lot of these people. And they saw them as either a surrogate father figure, surrogate mentor, and a lot of people say that they weren't wouldn't be in the league without him. Yeah, 
And, you know, like we said, you know, we're, we're, we're struggling to deal with this and we don't even have a relationship with him. Now imagine having conversations with him. Imagine, right. imagine being able to interact with him. Imagine having phone calls with him. It's tough, man. Yeah. It's hard. Um, so, well, yeah. yeah. Like you said, I'm glad we were able to talk about it. I actually haven't really like talked. I haven't really spoken about it too much. Most of everything that I've discussed with people has been in text. So yeah, yeah, it was good to. It feels good to to let it out, even if it's like unpolished or yeah, yeah, incomplete. It's just it's just something that's like probably good for us to just get down so that hopefully, and unfortunately, when the next time something like this happens, at least we have a better understanding and con- sort of control over how we feel about things not to say that we shouldn't feel about things but that we, yeah, we understand yeah. why we're feeling what we're feeling yeah exactly and also just kind of get a better understanding too when other people feel certain ways about about other people you know whether that's someone that they know or 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 you know personally in their personal life as well as um like a celebrity that they didn't necessarily have a connection with sometimes it's hard to to really imagine yeah. why people feel the way they do about somebody passing because you're not you know mm-hmm. you can't you can't experience those feelings and so um i've been fortunate enough to not have a ton of death in my life and i know that's it's going to eventually be something that i have to deal with it's something that everybody has to deal with eventually um but yeah like you said i guess over time you you, you try to process you get a little bit better i guess at handling it or at least a little bit better of of coping and I guess we'll see where we go from here, right? Yeah, I guess we will. Let's get out of here. All right. I'm Reza. I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you guys next week.